Welcome to Talk World Radio, a half-hour discussion of politics as if the people mattered. I'm David Swanson. This week on Talk World Radio, we're talking about Smedley Butler with the author of a terrific new biography called Gangsters of Capitalism, Smedley Butler, The Marines and the Making and Breaking of America's Empire. The author, Jonathan Katz, based here in Charlottesville, Virginia, as most of the coolest people are, received the James Foley Medill Medal for Courage in Journalism for reporting from Haiti. His first book, widely praised, was The Big Truck That Went By. You can find him at jonathanmkatz.com. Jonathan Katz, welcome to Talk World Radio. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for writing the book, which is wonderful and on a wonderful topic, perhaps in part because Smedley Butler is rather oddly left out of most history books and public memorials and popular culture so that most people have never heard of him. Am I right about that? And what do you think are some of the reasons for it? Yeah, so there there, there are, as, as, as I write in the book, you know, there's a couple of small pockets, um, hopefully... It will become a larger pocket now that the book is out. Uh, but there's small pockets of American society that, that have maintained his memory. Um, Marines learn about him in boot camp, primarily because of his two medals of honor. Some anti-war people learn about him because of war as a racket and his blowing uh, 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 the whistle on on the business plot, which also then like makes him he, he's he has some some fanhood in uh, in like kind of conspiracy theory circles. People like him because he was the embodiment of a real-life conspiracy theory. Um, but broadly speaking... You mean an actual is, conspiracy as opposed to a theory, right? Well, yeah, but I'm saying that because because he was because he blew the whistle on an actual conspiracy, which, which, which sounds fantastic to some people, he gets kind of looped in for people who believe in unproven or ridiculous conspiracy theories. But those are basically the only people who've heard of him. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's entirely out of whack with his uh, popularity at, in his lifetime at, at the beginning of the 20th century. He was a big, big celebrity. Um, you know, he was he was uh, uh, involved in in making big films in Hollywood, and uh, he was you know a very popular speaker on on the speaking circuit. Um, and you know, in his uh, uh, battle exploits, um, especially you know when he was in China, when he was in in Haiti, um, you know, the, the things he was doing were always in, in the newspapers. People always knew who he was. And, and I mean, there's a number of reasons why his memory has been lost. Um, part of it is uh, because of his late in life anti-war activism um, and his uh, whistleblowing on, on the business plot, the, 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 the fascist coup um, to overthrow Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Um, another thing is that the wars in which he won his fame um, in which he won his medals of honor, et cetera, uh, are wars that whose memory have been really actively suppressed um, through through both through you know intentional omission um, and and uh, and intentional suppression um, yeah. in 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 America today. So we uh, he's he's he has been he has been he he he's he he represents many parts of American history that Americans don't like to talk about is is the short answer just just to pile one more on uh, tell me if you agree he spent the last five or more years of his life opposing the steady build up toward war with Japan which doesn't yeah. fit perfectly well with the idea that the United States was off innocently having tea and was attacked
knocked out of a clear blue sky. Yeah, that whole his whole. I mean, that's another big thing. Is his 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 relationship over the last you know decade of his life with what becomes World War II, um, the Good War, right? I mean, that is like that's the one the one thing that Americans of all stripes and even a lot of like anti-war people. Um, even I like, you know, like the, like I, I, I find myself sort of talking around it, you know, and, and kind of like negotiating with myself. Um, you know, anybody who opposed World War II on the American side, um, is suspect because it, you know, in, in, in the popular imagination, a popular conversation, um, because it was the good war, because, because we're remembering history backwards through, Knowing about the Holocaust, um, you know, knowing how, in, you know, entirely evil the Nazis were, which, of course, was not it was not news to anyone at the time, especially my family, many of whom were killed by the Nazis. And it also wasn't news to Smedley Butler. I mean, he he was a, he was also a very strong anti-fascist um, who who, you know, called Hitler a mad dog. And and I mean, he was not he was not at all on board with them. But because of that. You know, people who are remembered as having been isolationists in the 1930s um, are sort of lumped together with Charles Lindbergh and you know the the uh, the America First Committee, the original America First Committee, um, as being sort of you know Nazi sympathizers or um, dangerous pacifists who who were who were sort of trying to get the United States to lie down and, and make the world safe for fascism. But as you know, like his Butler's opposition to the war was primarily because he saw the war coming in the Pacific. And he saw the war coming in the Pacific because he had helped lay the groundwork for it. Right. Um, he had he had you know he had helped conquer the Philippines and then helped uh, fortify Subic Bay against uh, a a, a uh, uh, a, suspe- a, a feared uh, attack by Japan on the Philippines, on Subic Bay, in 1907. And he had been in China in, in the 1920s, in the late 1920s, at, you know, at the beginning of the Chinese Civil War between the, the communists and the nationalists. But he was there kind of alongside, very uneasily, the Japanese, who he'd also fought alongside in 1900 in China. Um, and he saw... He saw the beginning of the Japanese invasion of China, and and he knew that it was an invasion that was that was in large part driven by great power competition, in which the Japanese were trying to get total control over China, not just to to conquer the Chinese, but to keep out the other big Pacific imperial power, which was the United States. And that's again that that is something that people do not like to to talk about. Um, and the idea that the idea that um, uh, the attack on Pearl Harbor was in any way uh, a result of U.S. aggression and U.S. policies up to that point, which it 100 percent was. I mean, it was not I'm not letting the Japanese off here, but like you cannot you cannot honestly tell this history and not and leave out the United States role in 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 creating that conflict. Um, and Butler saw that and that was and he was and he was trying to, to prevent that and and. And because of that, because of that sort of, you know, he he then that's the other thing he gets lumped in with like the 1930s isolationists, yeah. 
and uh, and 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 his memories suppressed in that it's, way. It's well. the one thing you can't do. I, 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 next week I'll be yeah. debating a, a West Point professor on can you ever justify war, and the most likely argument will be World War Two happened. The second right. most likely argument will be some theoretical war that could happen. I mean, nothing is even close to World War Two. It's the one. Um, I would, I, I would, I would, I would direct uh, uh, your your interlocutor to um, his or her uh, 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 colleague Elizabeth Samet, who has a new book out called "Looking for the Good War," um, which is all about how how the myth. I, I see I'm, again like the myth of the good war, but like how 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 the memory how the memory of World War II as being the one unalloyed good thing that the United States has done militarily in the world, how that was not, how that was not entirely, uh, it wasn't natural. Like that was, that was, that was, that was created and, and has been created since and is sort of talked about in light of, uh, you know, comparison to Vietnam, comparison to Iraq. And that was really in, in many ways, a myth that was created by like Tom Brokaw, uh, for the 50th anniversary of World War II, it was not necessarily something that everybody in in the United States, even people who hated the Nazis, believed at the no, time. No, but uh, if don't go read that book expecting it to be opposed to World War II as the Good War. It's yes. just yeah. the myths were exaggerated. The popularity at exactly. the time was exaggerated. She still believes you cannot. She she teaches at West Point too, as you said. You, you yeah. cannot violate that taboo. But Smedley yeah. Butler did even before the war. This is the guy yeah. who was court-martialed, was he not, for speaking badly about Benito Mussolini? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, his his Marine Corps career ends in 1931, and his last hurrah is he gives a speech um, at a at a, a at a social club in in Philadelphia, a literary club, um, in which he tells a story about Mussolini running over a child and not stopping, essentially. Um, and uh, Mussolini's ambassador to the United States lodges a formal diplomatic complaint. Butler is court-martialed by uh, the Navy. Um, President Herbert Hoover at the time, uh, you know, oversees this. And, and Butler then trolls Hoover by uh, having his friend, Harry Leonard. Um, so Butler and Leonard uh, had been led into battle in 1900 in China by Herbert Hoover, who was there as a mining executive. Um, and had been sort of like conscripted very briefly by the Marines to like lead him into the ba lead them into the battle of of Tianjin, and they both get shot, and Leonard loses his arm. So 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 Butler has his friend who has one arm because of Herbert Hoover defend him at this court martial, and he ends up getting him off. But yeah, I mean that was the thing was Butler Butler in 1931. He was saying you cannot trust fascists. Do not you know do not disarm. <laughs> You know, if, if, if like what, what Butler was trying to do, but Butler was not tr he was not trying to um, get the United States to roll over for other imperial powers or to or to say that, um, uh, you know, that Japan should conquer the Pacific or that or that or that Germany and Italy should should conquer Europe. What, what he was trying to do was he was trying to, and he had, and he had started this years earlier, as 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 we're saying here, as we're talking about here. He was trying to stop the groundwork for the world war. He was trying he was trying to sort of stop fascism by other means and prevent a cataclysm, and and that's something that I think often gets 
missed in when you're when when you're talking about you know anti-war efforts we're dealing with it right now with 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 the the war or whatever is happening whatever is brewing currently in europe around ukraine like you know it, it is it is what what butler was trying to do he was trying to say what can be done to prevent war not 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 that not to not to keep out of a war once it's already started because he was all about that and actually you know um you know, so he dies. You know, in 1940, um, on the day that the, that the French surrendered to to the Nazis, um, 18 months before Pearl Harbor. So we have, have no idea how he would have reacted. But we do know, and I you know I talk about this in the epilogue. But he, we do know how his family reacted, and among other things, his wife Ethel Butler um, is approached by a group, uh, a, a peace group. I think they call themselves Peace Now, not to be confused with Peace Now in in, in Israel and Palestine. Um, and uh, uh, in 1944, because they want to quote, they want to use an excerpt from "Wars a Racket" in their 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 uh, their their pamphlets, and Ethel tells them no, and she says, you know, there's a war on. Like we, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna help you. Like, you know, we're, we're at war right now, but once this war is over, then let's talk about ways, you know, we can use uh, my husband's writing to prevent future war. So, so you know, maybe that's some indication of of how he would have how he would have reacted once once war was there. Um, uh, he he you know, and one, especially once the once the French were defeated. I mean, that was a big thing that changed the way a lot of people, including Butler's um, ally Norman Thomas, who was also an anti-war activist, the way he looked at the war. You know, he was sort of assuming that that the French were going to contain the Germans the way they had done in the First World War, and and obviously that didn't end up being the case. But what we do know is that in the years prior to the war, uh, Butler knew and said and made speeches and war is a racket about how he had waged wars around Central America and Asia for bankers and Wall Street profiteers, uh, and he yep. knew that they were supportive of the Nazis and the fascists, uh, and in fact, had tried yeah. to recruit him for a fascist-style coup in Washington, D.C. So, you know, yeah. the, again, this is the, the most uncomfortable bit uh, for anyone to want to remember or put in a in a history book, is he was opposing uh, U.S. corporate support for the yes. enemies-to-be in World War II. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, again, that's that's another that's another piece of this. Exactly. I mean, th th that's another piece of, of, of the mythos around World War II. Um, the idea that the United States, um, and by the way, also the Soviet Union. I mean, we, I mean, the Soviet Union famously among people who like know, it, it, like, you know, one thing about the history or two things about the history, um, uh, you know, allied with the, or had a non-aggression pact with the Nazis in which they allied with the Nazis to help conquer Poland in 1939. Um, 1941 is sort of this year where everything changes. Hitler invades the USSR and Japan attacks the United States, drawing us into the war in the Pacific. And then Germany declares war on the United States in, in, in sort of solidarity with Japan. And then, and then everything, and then everything, and then, and then the world war two of our imaginations kind of starts to come into focus, but it is not in focus b before then. And, you know, you have, you know, Henry Ford uh, receives the grand cross of the German Eagle from the Nazis in 1938. I mean, like, it's like, Hitler's like the Anschluss is already happening. Like Hitler's already like in, going into the Sudetenland, and 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 Henry Ford is like, I love Nazis. Nazis are great, um, and and the people who tried to to recruit Butler for the coup um, that he blew, blows the whistle on in 1934, you know, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm alighting a little bit of, of, uh, uh, uncertainty in some of these links, but we have very good reason to believe that, you know, for, for instance, JP Morgan, the bank was involved in, in this plot. Um, and, uh, and, you know, Thomas Lamont, who, who was along with JP Morgan Jr. at that time, the head of, of JP Morgan and company described him, described himself as a missionary for Mussolini. Um, you know, he, and, and he was an ally of Mussolini and he, and he, and he really worked tirelessly to make JP Morgan the, the, the international banking partner of the Italian fascists. Um, and, and, and it goes on from there. I mean, you know, this was like a lot of Americans in the 1930s. Um, were very, they, they looked very favorably on, on uh, fascism, especially Mussolini's brand of fascism. And, uh, and, and, you know, they were very, many of them were very happy. Coca-Cola, General Motors, and of course, Ford um, were, were very happy to be doing business in, in Nazi Germany because they were making a lot of money and they did, and they knew about the anti-Semitism and they did not care. In fact, like Henry Ford, a lot of them were just outright anti-Semites and Ford's anti-Semitism in many ways helped inspire Hitler's. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is, it, it is, it, again, these are messier stories about America than Americans like to tell ourselves. They are. And, uh, and even worse ones in the book that we haven't touched on the, the book is, is gangsters of capitalism, Smedley Butler, the Marines and the making and breaking of America's empire by our guest, Jonathan Katz. And, uh, we've spent half the show talking about the last few years of his life, the heroic anti-war whistleblower, bust the coup years that veteran peace activists so love but the bulk mm. of the book and the bulk of his life not as comfortable a thing for peace activists to talk about uh, i mean for no. example what did he get those two medals of honor for doing yeah exactly yeah so so the peace activists remember him because he you know especially because of his sort of uh, self -conf his confession in in uh, an article that he writes for the magazine common sense where he talks about you know how he uh, you know, made Haiti and Cuba uh, a good place for the Citibank boys to collect revenues in. And he makes, you know, Tampico and Mexico uh, safe places for for uh, uh, the oil companies. Um, but he really did do those things and he did them gladly. And those those two specific things are what he gets his medals of honor for. So the first one is in 1914, the the uh, United States and it's the Mexican Revolution, which is essentially uh, a, a Mexican civil war. It's an, a, Mex a Mexican uh, a warlord period um, to, 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 to analogize it with, with, uh, with China um, is it, and uh, the oil companies are feeling under threat um, because there are, you know, there are real uh, leftist movements in, in the Mexican revolution. Uh, many, you know, I mean, really it, it, that's what inspired it. Um, at that point, you know, most famously, Pancho Villa uh, and Emiliano Zapata and uh, the American oil companies are like, like the Villistas and the Zapatistas are like, they're, they're, they're already like attacking some of like our employees' houses. Um, they're going to, they, they might try to, um, you know, expropriate the, the oil fields, which by the way, they end up doing, the Mex Mexico ends up doing in the 1930s. And so they call on, uh, the Wilson administration, Woodrow Wilson's administration, um, to invade Mexico. By the way, the letter to sent to, to to call for this invasion is sent by a guy named William F. Buckley Sr., William F. Buckley Jr., and James Buckley's father. Um, and uh, 
Butler is part of that invasion force. And uh, we invade Veracruz. Um, it is a bloody battle, house-to-house -house fighting against civilians. Because at that point, the Mexican Federal Army had withdrawn, uh, seeing the Americans coming. And the main uh, uh, force of, of the rebels, uh, which includes uh, Pancho Villa, um, uh, 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 Bestuniana Carranza was 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 actually the head of, of that faction at the time. They 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 are not yet in Veracruz, and so when we when the Americans come ashore, when Butler comes ashore, they're fighting naval cadets, they're fighting women, they're fighting you know children, old men, and um and that battle is the battle in American history that I certainly uh, uh, to, to at that time and for decades after, and I believe still uh, the most highly rewarded battle in American history. More people got medals of honor and, you know, decorations for that battle than any other. Um, and one of them was Butler. And Butler actually tries to give back his first medal of honor because he's like, this is like this. I did nothing. There was nothing heroic in this is what he said. And, and uh, his, his boss, essentially, uh, the Secretary of the Navy, Josephus Daniels, one of the great white supremacists in American history, who, among other things, helped foment the, the coup in Wilmington of, of 1898, that the, uh, a pogrom that, that, that uh, uh, ethnically cleanses the black people out of Wilmington, North Carolina, and overthrows a, 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 an interracial um, government. Um, uh, says no, like we're we're doing some propaganda here. Like you got you, you have to be on board with this. Butler then after that goes to Haiti, where uh, that invasion is really at the of the behest of Citibank because Haiti has loans to uh, Citibank, uh, with loans with Citibank, and uh, uh, Citibank tries to get Haiti to forcibly pay back or securitize some of these loans. Uh, by getting the Marines to go ashore in December 1914 and literally robbing the Central Bank of Haiti. We take out half the gold reserves and sort of a preview of what's happening right now in Afghanistan, by the way, with the United States and, our, and the Central Bank of Afghanistan. Um, and uh, this sends uh, Haitian politics into a tailspin. A, a president is assassinated. The last time a Haitian president was assassinated until 2021. And then there's a full invasion. Uh, Wilson orders a full invasion and a full occupation. And Butler cr helps crush a insurgency um, against the Americans. Uh, and, and, and particularly at a battle um, at, a, at, a, at a fort uh, atop a, a 4,000 foot mountain. Uh, the, the fort is called Fort Rivier. Um, and, uh, and, and he, he sort of forces himself essentially through like a drain pipe and comes into the middle of the fort and, you know, shoots the insurgents and the, the insurgents are massacred, um, by, by machine guns. They're completely outgunned and Butler, you know, he, he, you know, in his letters to, to, uh, Ethel, to Bunny that, that I was talking about earlier, um, you know, he, he talks about, you know, the, the ways that that battle is weighing on him and, you know, he's clearly dealing with, with uh, PTSD and 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 uh, what you know you would today call moral injury, um, and that's the second Medal of Honor, which he by the way gets from Franklin Delano Roosevelt because they they're good friends in in, in Haiti. Uh, uh, FDR is there as um, uh, uh, Assistant Secretary of the Navy, and he hears about this wonderful battle of Fort Rivier and immediately uh, recommends Butler for for his second Medal of Honor. So yeah, that's the thing is that like the thing that anti-war activists love him for is that he's he, that he does do this confession but i think one of the things that i think you know comes out when when you really when you read the book and in the, the years of research that i was doing is that like he's not he's not making this up like he did 
horrible things. And he did even more than, than he even talks about in, in his confession. Well, I've spent years and years working with veterans, uh, peace activists, and not heard of many of the horrible things that are in this book, Gangsters of Capitalism. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, this is a guy who took over the parliament in Haiti at gunpoint while Wilson was saving the world for democracy, who militarized police, who instituted racist, uh, essentially slave labor uh, in Haiti and in building the Panama Canal. Uh, and uh, I, I mean, what do you do with the memory of somebody who spent so many years doing such horrible things and then spent a few years denouncing them? Uh, do, you, do you put up statues to this guy or not? <laughs> I'm, not I'm kind of against statues in general. Yeah, Charlottesville, we've seen what statues lead to, yeah. I think, I think... I think the Muslims and and uh, uh, and, 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 and to a certain extent, certain certain readings of, of of Judaism have it right. Like maybe just statues to people are just a bad idea. Like no, like maybe maybe ultimately nobody deserves a statue, right? Absolutely um, right. I mean, I think that, like, I, I you know, and, and Butler, by the way, was against him. The, the the one the one public memorial to him. Um, it was actually made while he was alive. It was um, in Philadelphia, uh, and it was a it was in tribute to. Uh, I talk about this in the book. Uh, he 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 spends um, two years in the 1920s uh, running the Philadelphia Police Department, and by the way, militarizing the Philadelphia Police Department and leading in many ways to to the militarization of, of police and 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 you know the things that Black Lives Matter has has been protesting for for the last decade. Yeah. Um, and, um, but he's fighting against the, the, the bootleggers against the, the racketeers of Philadelphia, which is also, by the way, where he gets the idea of, of war as a racket from. And, um, you know, he finds himself fighting not only against, you know, the gangsters, but also against the out al their allied politicians, uh, the, the Philadelphia machine who is, who is, um, you know, sort of paving the way yeah, for them. And and uh and a group of uh the anti saloon league um which which is its own sort of white supremacist crazy like sort of you know ku klux klan allied thing but, like they make a mo they make a, mo a a memorial to butler because butler gets fired for for basically for pissing off like you know the the mayor of of philadelphia and, and more importantly the 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 uh the 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 the, the, the would be senator who who is in, in in charge of um of the philadelphia machine and they make this uh plaque to him, which still hangs, by the way, in, in Philadelphia's uh, city hall. Um, and when, when, when Butler finds out that, that they've made this thing, he, you know, his answer is like, it's a tombstone to a living man. Um, and I don't care if they put it up. Yeah. So, so that was his feeling about statues. And Katz, um, we've got yeah. just about one minute left. Yeah. Uh, even when Smedley Butler turned against all of the horrors he'd been engaged in, he was mostly seemed to be regretful of harm done to U.S. troops, to, to the Marines, yeah. not to the way you traveled the world. You document lasting damage from what this man did in your book, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, he does have like, you know, he does have, uh, you know, this confession that I'm talking about, um, you know, and that's the part where he says, I was a racketeer for capitalism. I mean, he lists the things that he did in China and and and. Uh, Haiti and Cuba and and you know, Nicaragua and Honduras, et cetera. Um, but broadly speaking, as you note, he is look. He looks. I mean, he's he's an American. He's a Marine, and he looks at this through a, a, a kind of a nationalistic lens. And um, as as Earl Browder actually of the Communist Party says, um, you know, he he had 
he, you know, he, he had no conception of politics in, in the communist uh, uh, take that, that, you know, he was just a soldier fighting for the soldiers. Yep. Um, but, you know, to a certain extent, like, you know, you know, maybe it's a case of sort of, you know, wrong equation, right answer. Um, but, but, you know, you know, trying to prevent war for any, for any purpose, um, I think, you know, ends, ends up in, in, in the right place. And, and, that, and that's, that, that is what he was trying to do. Yep. And, and I think, I think he's wrestling with the things that he's done to these other countries. Um, but he never, he never really resolves these questions for himself. And that's one of the things that makes him such a fascinating read for Americans in the 21st century, because we're struggling with the same things, the same, the same histories right. in, in some cases, literally. And, and we also have a the book is Gangsters of Capitalism by Jonathan Katz. Jonathan, thank you very much for coming on Talk World Radio. Thank you. This is Talk World Radio. I'm David Swanson. Take action at rootsaction.org. Help end war at worldbeyondwar.org. Read or listen to today's Peace Almanac entry at peacealmanac.org. All past shows can be heard at talkworldradio.org. Talk World Radio is produced in Charlottesville, Virginia, and syndicated by Pacifica Network. There is no way to peace. Peace is the way.